Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. So today is a beautiful day. It is a Friday, and happy Friday to everyone. We made it another week. But how cool is it that God is still sovereign? And it is a windy, blistery winter day in January. And I can't believe, but we're almost in mid-January. I mean, where does time go by? I mean, that's like, wow, oh, wow. So today, we're going to be talking about why do we need to give grace for others? You know, let's, let's think about grace. What does it mean when you give grace? Well, with this in mind, we're going to dive right on in. But before that, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, O Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue to go throughout the day to love you and to cherish you. Because you are a sovereign God. Lord, I am so blessed for the time that you've given us. The opportunity to love others. To show mercy and to show grace. When we don't deserve ourselves, Lord. I pray that you show us grace. Anyway, we mess up all the time. I pray that you can just help us to be merciful unto others. To be gracious. And also to give the benefit of the doubt. Do not be so quick to judge. So Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we go out through the throughout the day. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it states, Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. And amen. And how cool is it that love truly never gives up? And we emphasized that yesterday. You know, God never gives up on us. Your parents never give up on you. Your, your spouse or your wife never gives up on you because they love you and they care for you. And in Romans 12, I, you know, Romans 12 verse, um, trying to figure out, Romans 10, Romans 12, 10. But before that, I want to, I want to go up in verse 9 and take it from uh, 21. Verse 9 states, don't just pretend to love others. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's peace, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony 
with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think about, and don't think you know it all. Okay, I want to stop there. I have faltered in that a lot, you know, when it states, and don't you think, and don't you think you know it all. None of us know it all at all. None of us know anything. And it's interesting because I think I might be strong in one subject, but I might be weaker in the other. And it's interesting because back in high school, I used to have that kind of a personality where I thought I knew it all. I thought I was gun-ho, sasling, always smart remarking. But realistically, I didn't know a single thing. And in Heinz theory, I don't know anything. And if I did, I'd probably be working with NASA. And if I did know everything with NASA, I might as well just be the emperor of the world. See, and that's the thing that I struggle with on a daily basis, is not knowing everything. And so with this in mind, I think it is important that we also focus on God. Because God does know all. He shows mercy. He shows, he shows us tenderness. He shows us compassion when we think we need it. Right? Actually, we need, do need compassion. And I definitely can tell you, the only person that knows everything is God. We don't know a single thing. And that's, I want to emphasize on that a little bit. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you as, uh, you, uh, as honorable. Do that. <clears throat> do that. You can do all that. Oh, wow, I am so sorry about that. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And verse 19 states, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous. Anger of God, for the scripture says, If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And that is a perfect depiction. When my dad, when I was little, and my dad says, never show them hate. Never show them disappointment. Always tell them that you love them. Yes, that might be a little bit weird. But the reason why you want to show them, love them, and he's envisioned this in my head, is thinking, think about hot coals going on their head. Think about it. And I just think that's absolutely, uh, I mean, it's kind of laughing. It's kind of funny. Because when we show love and it shows us that we're not going to be combative, it shows them that we are just going to be love and compassion upon them. And don't let evil conquer, but conquer evil by doing good. Amen. And amen. And in Philippians chapter 2, um, we have verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. But I'm going to start off at number 1. Verse 1, it states, If there, if, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? 
any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be, fo don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Man, oh man, don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. That is something that I also struggle with. Is trying to think that I have to impress somebody. Trying to think I have to impress my friends, you know. So what do most of us do? We tend to fabricate a little bit. We tend to put a little sugar on, on things that's a little bit too much. But eventually, you know, people are going to eat through that sugar. And they're going to notice that they've been bamboozled. And they've been lied. And it's important that we try not to impress others. It's important that we try to show compassion. It's also important that we show mercy for others. And that's where that comes in, in play. We also have Luke chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 37. But in, in verse 37, he, verse 39 through 41 I meant it says do not judge others and you will not be judged do not condemn others or it will all come back against you forgive others and you will be forgiven give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get. And it's interesting because Jesus goes on to another analogy in verse 39. And he and the analogy is <clears throat> then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can you give can one blind man lead another? Won't they both fall into the ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. So if we learn from another, if we learn from each other, if you learn from your pastor, for instance, what grace is, if you learn from your mentor what forgiveness truly is, then eventually one day others will look up to you. And eventually one day Anyone probably can come up to you and ask, how did you forgive others? How did you show compassion when it was so difficult? And, it, and last but not least, we also jump to Ephesians chapter 4, um, verses 1 through 4. And it states, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. 
For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Pretty much what this has to show is, I think, the major theme on top of uh, we need to give grace is also being humble. Showing that we have to be humble in order to give grace. Because years ago, I, I made a decisions, made decisions multiple times to give others the benefit of the doubt, to believe the best in them before assuming the worst. The decision brings a lot of freedom to relationship. It was a choice to wrap my heart around the childlike faith that people aren't trying to behave poorly. Trying to, get it, trying to get it wrong or making stupid mistakes on purpose. How are some definitions for the benefit of the doubt, you probably wonder. Well, I love what this author of The Search for the Unvendable Heart gives. She gives they give, I think she gives five definitions of giving the benefit of the doubt. Number one, the state of accepting something slash someone as honest or deserving or trust, even uh, though th there are doubts. Number two, to default to a belief that another person's intentions are honest and not assume malice when there is uncertainty or doubt. Surrounding, or sur surrounding the circumstances. Number three, to decide that you will behave or believe someone even though you are not sure that what the person is saying is true so you want to give the benefit of the doubt now i'm sure when you messed up we all mess up there's somebody that has given you the benefit of the doubt or they said hey you know what why don't I give you the benefit of the doubt before i find out what really happened and it gives you an opportunity to either come out truthfully or maybe to deceive them, but at the same time, they will eventually find out, a.k.a. Uh, your employer if you messed up, or your drill sergeant if you're in the military, or even your college dean. Number four, the withholding of judgment so as to retain a favorable or at least neutral opinion of someone or something when the full information about the subject is not yet available. And last but not least, the fifth one, a favorable judgment granted in the absence of full evidence. Because I choose to believe that people can be fragile and that they are trying their best, as I know, as I try to be our best or my best. Because I never intentionally choose poor behavior by any means. Why would I assume that others were? When you give people the benefit, when you give the people the benefit of the doubt, and over again, it allows you to see the best in others, and it brings out the best in yourself. It is living life with a grace and a hope for things to be better. When we live from grace, we make allowances. For any of us to have bad days that can lead to bad moments. Life is not perfect by any means. And none of us are either. Matter of fact, the only person that is perfect is our Lord, 
our Savior Jesus Christ. Giving people the benefit of the doubt can help offset our offendable hearts. It takes us out of the center of our small story and everything being about us. It is, <clears throat> it is a way that we can honor others, even when they may not deserve it. I am simply giving away the gift of grace that God has given me. And we cannot outgive the gift giver. Because do I really think that a friend running late, someone canceling plans, or husband not emptying the dishwasher or not taking out the trash, or another spotting a short, hurtful comment, or having a bad mood, or a host of many other things, is really some uh, plan against me? Realistically, do you think with all those bad things, do you think that's really planned against you? Someone not showing up or your husband or your fiance or your wife not putting down the toilet seat. Do you think that is meant to hurt you? Absolutely not. That is completely irrational thinking when you think about that, when you have that kind of a mindset. The truth is that that all of their behaviors are for reasons other than me. It is really, it isn't, or it really isn't a plot against me to erate me, erate my heart, or take advantage of me, or something like that in the big picture. None of us are perfect, and we want others to give us the benefit of the doubt as well. So if you're going to expect your neighbor to give the benefit of the doubt, then you should do the same. Because if we are to obey the Lord, uh, if we are uh, the Lord and love the way the scripture tells us to, then we are to never give up hope that we are all learning and becoming better. We can always give the benefit of the doubt. The Lord loves us unconditionally and is so patient with us. He sees our sinful nature and still chooses to extend us grace and new mercies every morning. Don't you think it's time we get we gave each other a break or cut some slack at moments? Imagine the peace if we all started extending the benefit of the doubt. Imagine, because that could change your heart. That could impact your love relationship with others. Our offendable heart is a tool of the enemy to rob us of better, more fulfilling relationships. So let's go for the offense, on the offense. Let's give others the benefit of the doubt, just like how some others give us the benefit, benefit of the doubt. With this in mind, we're going to wrap it up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue the path that you, you have set before us. And Lord, I pray that you give a heart a benefit of the doubt, just like as you have. And just like I'm sure someone in our life has given the benefit of the doubt to us. And I pray that we can repay the same. Because you are a merciful Father. You show us guidance and you show us grace when we don't deserve it. And Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. 
And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. And I would also like to apologize for the beginning. It was a kind of a rough start. But you know what? God is good. And it's the thought that counts. And remember to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Have a blessed day and happy Saturday to you. Bye.